Yeah, O'Bannon then worked on a film adaptation of Dune, where he went to Paris and spent six months working on it. He met several artists there, including Chris Foss, H.R. Geiger, and Jean Mobius Garand. He found, although he found Geiger's art disturbing, but captivating at the same time, so he wrote a script with a creature based on his work. Beautiful artwork, if you've seen any of it. Mm. Do you know that I Geiger got stopped going through Belgian customs, mm. and they were like, with all his artwork with him, and they were like, his photos? The fuck's this? And he's like, why would you think they're photos? Where am I going to get these kind of pictures? Hell. It's uh. <laughs> literally what he said to him, and he's uh. like, really? So O'Bannon returned to Los Angeles to live with Ronald Suchet and they both returned to work on O'Bannon's memory script. Suchet suggested using one of his film ideas about gremlins invaded a B-17 bomber during World War II and the other half of the script would take place on a spaceship. The working title for the script was going to be Star Beast, but O'Bannon didn't like it and changed to Alien and I think that is a good idea. Great idea. Yeah, but I still quite like Star Beast. I don't. <laughs> I'm not really down for Star Beast because it's like... Hmm, Star Wars. Oh, what can we call it? Star Beast. That'll do. Nah. Sushit thought that perhaps one of the crew could be implanted with an alien embryo that would burst out of him, which he thought would be a good explanation as to how the alien boards a ship. Uh, O'Bannon was inspired by many films when he wrote the script, including 1951's The Thing from the World, 1956's Forbidden Planet, and 1965's Planet of the Vampires. I've seen one of them. Forbidden really? Planet. Got Leslie Nielsen in it. Right, so let's start with the film. Yep. Yeah. So obviously the tagline, in space, no one can hear you scream. One of the best taglines, in my opinion. Yep. Right, so we start the film with a view of the Nostromo. It's, it's a long panning shot. It's very much like the opening shot of Star Wars with the Death Star. Mm-hmm. So it pans along. And you see the Nostromo, which is looks like a big floaty castle, hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Seven crew, and it's got 20 million tonnes of mineral ore on its way home to Earth. Yeah. So, the crew of the spacecraft Nostromo are awakened from their stasis sleep after the ship detects what might have been a distress signal from a small planetoid. It's a corporately owned expedition which is returning to Earth. And yeah, pick- we're definitely in a capitalist future, aren't we? Yeah. Very much so. The company pretty much owns everything. I'm assuming that the company is Weyland Jutani. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And there's still class structure, class conflict between Brett and Parker and the others because they're officers and they're the grunts. They're, the, well, they're not even that, are they? They're the engineers, engineers and you've got the flight crew, but it's, we sort of have this discussion like, hey, we want equal shares, mm-hmm. yeah. the two engineers and the flight crew, and he's like, yeah, you get what you're giving in your contract, mm. you agree to the contract. No, 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 we want equal shares. But... It's, it's a pointless argument because both of them are equally important to the mission as the other, aren't they? You can't The engineers yeah, can't fly the ship and the flight crew can't repair it. Repair it, yeah. Yeah, but white collar gets paid more than blue collar, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the way it is. It's not it's unfair completely. Because we've shown during the pandemic that the most important people, people that stack the shelves and drive the trucks and... What people that drive the trucks haven't got any left? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Um, the ship's computer is Mother, and it, ins- it tells Captain Dallas that they've got to touch down at this place, have a look, see what's about. I just want to say that uh, as being a capitalist future, it's a very dirty, used future, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like Star Trek, everything's clean and brand spanking new, this is, this is old, it's, it's breaking down. It looks really industrial, yeah, it does, it? yeah. You know, all the ships and... Mixture of analogue and digital as well, yeah. Which makes sense because those kind of things would be like put together by the lowest bidder and they're designed to have a lifetime of Christ knows how long. I mean, they're saying they're 10 months from Earth yeah. when they're woken up early. Well, so let's assume that they're halfway home, so it's a 20 month trip, 40 months that way and back. Yeah. That's, that's a few years, isn't it? And they'll be yeah. patched up and patched up until they've got it patched up anymore, I guess. Yeah, until they're literally just going to fall apart and then they're scrapped. So. Yeah. Yeah, the planet, obviously, as we discover in the next movie, is called LV-426, or such certainly designation. It doesn't have that designation at this point. Interesting that it's in the Zeta Reticuli system, which is allegedly the homeworld of the Greys, if you believe in uh, modern UFOlogy law. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they got 
if they put that in as a, a specific thing, 79, you would have had the Betty and Barney Hill abduction would have yeah. happened by then. They'd have been sort of creeping its way into popular consciousness. Was it known that the Greys allegedly came from Zeta Reticuli at that mm. point? It's an interesting one. I wasn't mm. just chosen as being a star. It's a coincidence, isn't it? It is. Either, well, either they copied the supposed ufologists who got abducted and, and whatnot by these Greys, or... Vice versa, the yeah. Which came first, interesting to know, but we don't. Ripley quickly realises the signal was not a distress signal at all, but um, a warning, even as the Nostromo lands on the on the stormy planet. Well, she finds out when they're actually, because they, they leave the ship, yeah. they investigate. It's not until they're actually inside an alien ship that she finds out that it's not an SOS, it's a fucking warning. Yeah. Stay away. I love the artwork inside the alien ship. Mm. It's it's that's Geiger is is best, isn't it? I mean, you got like a, a twenty foot tall fossilized skeleton with its chest burst open. Yeah. So some alien race has found these things and decided to do what humanity wants to do: take them back to study them, use them, maybe use them for nefarious purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it hasn't worked. As it never works in any of the damn movies that we see. It <laughs> never works. You can't tame these damn things. So they've they've got the space jockeys, aren't they? They were originally. Yeah. But obviously, if you know what we know now about the prequels and things, they're called the engineers. uh, Yeah, they're called the engineers. Yeah. So Kane, executive officer, so I guess he's number two, if he's the executive officer, discovers this egg chamber. Mm. And... I think the first lesson in sci-fi is don't put your face mm. next to anything that you don't know what it is. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, he's literally like, hey, uh, got this thing, it's an egg, it's organic, and something moving in here. Really, like this blue mist, aren't they? Yeah. Like a protective layer. But it's a, because the, the space jockey was fossilised, so it must have been there for thousands, if not millions of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've been kept in this protective atmosphere all that long. Yeah. So that's interesting for the second film. Is like it's not the aliens' homeworld, is it? No. Right. They were just put there. They crashed. They crashed they? there. Haven't yeah. They? yeah. Obviously, Kane uh, is attacked by a facehugger on a little small spider-like aliens. It cr- cracks his way through his visor. It keeps him alive through because I mean that atmosphere that they're in on this planet is unbreathable, but that thing keeps him alive. Yeah, feeds him oxygen whilst putting him into a coma. Which is pretty impressive. Ripley doesn't want to let them back in, citing quarantine rules. And Ripley's absolutely fucking right. Yeah. In all fairness, don't let them in. Why do they always go against quarantine rules? Yeah. Huh. They do it in oh Covenant as well, don't they? They're like, oh, don't let him in. Oh no, we've let him in. Yeah, there's a reason why he's let in, isn't there? We'll find, we find out later in the film. Yes, I know, yeah. It Ash, wasn't an accident. Yeah, Ash, who's the science officer, basically goes against Ripley's orders. Even though Dallas is on the away team, which I think is a strange thing to do as you're the captain. Yeah, I don't think you'd send your captain on the away team, would you? Not no, unless you're Kirk. But maybe he leads by, leads with the front, leads by example. Oh, that's his style. Maybe. <laughs> so Kane has got this face hugger stuck to his face. It's got the thing down his throat, they're scanning him. Trying to get it off every time they try and move the leg, the, the tail of it tightens around his throat, threatening to kill him, which of course they're not going to do. And they go to cut one of the legs off, and concentrated acid squirts out. I mean, that's a pretty fucking epic defense mechanism. It is. Oh, yeah. I love that scene, I do. Yeah, it is good. Well, it's stripping. Melt, Stop stripping through. Melting yeah. through the, the deck. floors, yeah. And if he could have gone through the hole, I mean. Yeah. Then again, I mean, <clears throat> we don't know how thick the hull is on a Nostromo-class spaceship. I'd imagine they're pretty hefty hulls, but it doesn't go all the way through. It's sort of yeah, but this thing's <laughs> like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. yeah. If it was reality and it was me, I'd have been like, I'd kick the body and him straight back out the out at this point. Well, I would have done what Parker says: freeze them. Yeah, Why don't they freeze them? Yeah, Parker. He's, he's, he's got a fucking alien on his face, freeze him together, and then deal with it when you can get him somewhere safe on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, but then he's playing into their devious plan. Yeah, but you don't know that at this point. You just, you, don't, you know, yeah. they, they don't realise they they're in shit street until they try and cut one of them fingers off, do they? Yeah. 
That's when the acid go. Personally, I'd have had him straight back at the airlock. See? Hmm. Straight back at the airlock, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So if Claire, it was Claire, you just lived to die with you. So I, I know that Claire would Sorry, want that. Ben. Um, yeah, trip me straight back at the airlock. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's very noble. With, yeah. with the alien stuck to my face. Yeah. Get it going. Same as me. Like, just, just fucking throw me out. You don't know what took off before you got back. Oh, what chance? Stuck to your face. Fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. No, he just got rid of us. You guys go on the away mission. I'll stay here and guard the ship. And he just took off and fucking left us. I would have seen what you found first. But as soon as it come back that you've been attacked by a fucking alien, it's like bye bye. The best of it is, though, is they literally, you know, he, he, he awakens up and, and the face hugger's off his face. Mm. Well, he's not awake, he's, he's laid there. The face hugger's off his face. And they just, like, have a stroll in the med bay. Just have a bit of a look around, leave the door open. You know, like, yeah. what, what are you doing? The protocol's gone out the window, they're shitting themselves. That's, that's all you can think, isn't it? Everybody's shitting themselves so they're, they're not thinking straight. I know, I know, but fuck me. I mean, you know, this thing's got acid for blood. It's attached, it's kept this guy in a coma for at least a few hours. I mean, we're assuming this takes the course of a day-ish. Yeah. No more than 36 hours, is it? And, sorry, it's just, you've got to put your head on at this point, and you? You've got to put your, your officer head on. Mm. Well, the face of is dead. You get our first little fright there, because it falls onto Ripley, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. In the little body and... What did you say, Claire? They, the, for the effects in that, they got like loads of seafood and stuff. Yeah, they got and... loads of seafood and, and oysters and like when he's picking at it with the with the scalpel and that. Mm. Yeah, they, they, that's what they made it out of. Ah, oh, you see, it's put me off seafood for life, mm-hmm. man. I've not ate it before. Would. <laughs> nah, it's not for me. So he, he literally wakes up and he appears to have recovered. He's fine. He's like, oh, come on, I could do something to eat. Yeah, we'll have one last meal before we go back into hypersleep. We've done our job. We found this thing. We've checked it out. All good. It's all good. It's all yeah. Well, they, well they, they, he seems all right, doesn't he? Yeah. I know, but what were they going to do? Just send a, a message back saying, "Oh, you know." It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Don't go there. If they hadn't had the meal, it, they may have all lived. I, I guess so. Straight, straight into hyperspace, hypersleep, should I say. Does that freeze them? Must do because. Ripley's the same age. Oh, of course, 57 years. Yeah, yeah. years. Yes, it's got to be some kind of stasis thing, yeah. so yeah. Oh, and of course, in the second one, Burke wants to get Ripley and Newt infected to yeah. and then sh- get them into stasis, and yeah, so I guess it does, it's like a yeah. stasis thing. He starts, like, choking, Kane does, coughing, choking, he's in agony, he's writhing on the table, they get him on his back. Ash, who's the science officer, who's only brought in two days before the trip, mm. he's just like, hmm. Not really doing very much as a science officer yeah. in this scenario, I thought. No, you just standing Just standing there, on a look. <laughs> just, oh, look at that. So I suppose that means the company is aware of these things. Yeah. And if you think about it in a darker way, it's probably not the first crew they've sent out there. Mm. That's possible, isn't it? What do we know from the prequels? I can't remember, but... Well, this... The Covenant didn't cover them, didn't they? Is that a company ship? It's a colonist ship, isn't it? That's a colonist ship. Prometheus uh, is a Wayland company ship. Mm. So they do know about them then, yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine. So let's assume that because prequels don't. Sometimes there's not continuity. Let's just mm. take it from the this film's point of view. Is it? said what year it's set in as well? Oh we? yeah, I can give you a quick timeline of the films. Actually, the, um, so Prometheus is set in 2093. Not that far in the future, if you no, think about it's it. Not, is it. Seventy years. Yeah. yeah. Covenant is uh, set in 2104. Uh, this movie, Alien, is set in 2122. Aliens and Alien 3 are both set in 2179. And Resurrection is set in 2381. Ooh. The less we talk about Resurrection, the better. Oh, it's not the worst one. No, the third one's the worst, actually, yeah. to be fair. I don't like Alien 3. Yeah. I think with Ash, if you're in a 70s, 80s sci-fi movie, don't trust the British guy. <laughs> British guys at this point were always bad guys in movies because our, obviously our accent makes us so more refined. Well, that might work, but came as English as well. True. The prop, he didn't have the very sort of received pronunciation accent in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we get the chest burst, which apparently freaked the fuck out of the actors as well because I don't think they were they told. Yeah, yeah, they weren't told about it. They knew that. something was going to happen, but they didn't know how they were going to do it. 
Yeah, and how much blood was going to yeah. come out. Yeah, because they do get fairly splattered, don't they? Yeah. And so that, what we see is the first reaction. They, they kept it. I like stuff like that in yeah. direction of movies where they don't tell them what's going to happen and let them react naturally. Yeah. I think that's great. And as you said as well, they, they kept them like locked up on, on, on the set effectively, didn't they? So they're literally living in each other's pockets constantly. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that there's tension in, in the cast. Yeah. It's not just the characters, it's like, I'm sick of the fucking side of you. Yeah. <laughs> day after day, like, probably 12 hours a day. Yeah, and like, that's what they did in Save It Private Ryan. They put everyone through really harsh military training, apart from Matt Damon, <laughs> so they could build up this resentment towards him. <laughs> then we get the chest burster. Famous out. scene. Famous scene. I think the baby alien looks kind of cute. <laughs> it is, isn't it? You know, and he just sort of squeals off when it bursts yeah. out. That's your time then, isn't it? It looks like a little pull-back car. It does, it? doesn't it? It probably yeah. is. It's probably... Because it looks like a dildo with teeth. <laughs> and a little tail. And a little tail. And it just sort of screeches off like a... Like a little pull-back-and-go car. There is a parody where it's going to top out and came. We think it's French and Saunders, but it might, might not be. We're not sure. Yeah. You'd have had to grab it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Someone should have grabbed it. You twatted it. What's the worst that could have happened? Mm. It bit you with them little teeth. It's barely enough to take a finger off when it's that big. Oh, <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. Snapped its neck straight off. Yeah, where's was Jonesy doing all of this? He'd have had that. Yeah. <laughs> Ship's cat Jonesy, by the way, little ginger, little ginger Tom, I'm assuming. Mm. Now this chest burst to see at the time, people in the cinemas were screaming and leaving and fainting and everything. Was they? Yeah. Cool. I know. Well, think about it. There was nothing like this at the time. And no. It's on that huge screen. Yeah. I mean, I suppose there was jaws and that, but... Dead eyes, like a doll's yeah. eyes. <laughs> it was quite visceral, wasn't it, coming through his chest? And... Well, if they were all turning up to watch something like Star Wars, they were going <laughs> to Yeah, I know. <laughs> so funny. I guess that's the thing. I mean, what was the... Um, what was the, the sort of review system like in 1979? Was it in the paper? Was it... You know, do you just look at the list and go, oh, film called Alien, I'm going to watch that, must be like Star Wars. You get reviews in papers, then, yeah. yeah. I can't remember now. It's been that bloody long since I read a paper. <laughs> Your mum's like, oh, you're going to watch that new Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an 18, though, wasn't it? Oh, it was rated R, yeah, I'm yeah. going to guess it was an 18. The rest of it is, though, they get they, they sort of wrap Kane up and, and flush him out into space where they keep the facehugger body yeah. Oh, yeah. even after this little thing's running around the fucking ship yeah. so they've not got time to have a little burial is, is, is anyone got anything to say and everyone just doesn't say a word no. oh wow this is fucking <laughs> dignified they would have kept the body for an autopsy we think so find out how it was well I think it's pretty obvious how he died no <laughs> I was going to say how, how the thing was keeping him alive and things like that there be traces of that and yeah maybe what, what the actual facehugger did and all this kind of shit needs to be known but I mean, leaving in Starship Troopers, they all put the uniform on before they flushed her out, flushed Dizzy mm. out into space. It's terrible. I love the plan, though. Right, we got some little shock sticks and a net. Let's go look for it. And you're like, that's not. Knowing what we know, I guess, we're like, that's not going to work. Yeah, but at the time, it's only tiny. Yeah, they don't know it's going to get that big, I guess. No. Six foot fucking ten. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Jonesy, I think, is working with the alien. Because every time he's he's like he's there, he's used as this device, isn't he? To like, oh, distracted by the cat, yeah. you know. Brett's there, like, come on, Jonesy, come on, let's get the cat. Because they nearly shock him, thinking it's the alien. They're like, oh, he'll be, be fine now, now, because we might pick him up again with a motion sensor. You gotta go and grab him. Like, oh shit! And they just Jonesy just distracts it, Brett, long enough for him to get killed by the alien. He's taking the bodies as well, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's giving it long enough, it take, it's either taking them off to feed or it's taking them and webbed them up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Cocooned. Cocooned like the others. Cocooned like the others. They ain't dead, man. I can't resist slipping into aliens. Yeah. You get the first glimpse of the adult xenomorph here as it kills Brett. And in all fairness, you don't see a lot of the alien in this movie. It's really left to suspense. Yeah. And so many close-ups, isn't it? You know, yeah. just coming up the arm, up the body, you know, along the along the side the, the, the side of the face. Usually, it's that shot from the centre of the face, and it, does it bare its teeth in it here, just as it's about to shoot the inner mouth out. Yeah, is is usually the yeah. 
At this stage, though, personally, I'm out the fucking door. I'm on the ship. I'm out. I'm on the escape shuttle. <laughs> I don't care. That thing is fucking huge. Surely there's more, more than one escape. You'd shuttle. leave your fucking comrades to die. They're all dead, man. Kind of a fucking man are you? One. <laughs> one who's got one who's got self-preservation. Fucking river. <laughs> oh, you tell me you wouldn't. You're gonna hang around and fight. The, if I had an M41A pulse rifle, Mike, then yes, I'm staying. I haven't. I've got a shock stick and a, a rudimentary flamethrower that I don't know if either of them are gonna work. Pick your battles. Pick your hill to die on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I can't leave me fucking friends to die. No, Mike, they're not friends. They're just crewmen you happen to be stuck with on this forty-month shit of a journey. can fit like three people in it which I think is a bit of a design flaw for a crew of seven yeah suggest four of you have got to die before you consider it bad enough to get out of there yeah, yeah but look at the size of the the Nostromo it, surely there's more than one they refer to it as the shuttle yeah. it's the shuttle well, that just shows you how little disregard for the, the safety of the crew because <laughs> you've got to lose 55% of the crew before you can escape <laughs> that's what it's considered bad enough to get out of there Nothing's changed, has it? No. And then Dallas, Captain Dallas, goes to um, Mother, the computer, and I love the computer, actually. It's all half analogue, half digital. It's words, it makes sounds, ticking noises. It almost sounds like it's breathing, doesn't it? Mm. And he's asking for, kind of asks for permission to terminate the alien, which is weird, because you think, well, that's what we've got to do, isn't it? Well, we're all dead. All he gets back, he's like, does not compute. He's asking it the wrong question, basically, isn't he? Yeah. Now, the plan is, using the, fl- the rudimentary flamethrowers, is to flush the alien towards the airlock via the ducts in the ship which it's using to get around. I like this scene. It's like, because it's, it's on the tracker, and it's not on the tracker. And the next thing you know, it's literally just behind him. And the he's tracker, got... They say it works by micro-changes in air density. Yes. I don't know how scientific that is, if that works or not. I have Sounds no interesting, though. It does. <laughs> But he's just taken, isn't he? They just find mm. that the flamethrower left there and that's it, he's gone. So it's taken him away to feed or it's taken him to web up somewhere. Ripley at this point, because both Dallas and Kane are dead, is now in charge. Yeah. And she goes to ask Mother what to do and receive and ask the right questions. And we get Special Order 937 for science officers' eyes only, i.e. Mm. Ash. And these are, investigate life form, gather specimen. Priority one, ensure return of organism for analysis, all other considerations secondary, crew expendable. And then Ash just appears beside her <laughs> in a creepy way. So with it, yeah, with that sort of small grin on his face. Yeah. And we find out after a little scuffle, Ripley pushes him against the wall because he won't let her leave because she's seen that. She now knows that she's expendable along with the rest of them. We see the white fluid. I mean, suppose really... As I watched these out of sequence, I watched Aliens before I watched Alien when I first watched these. I was like, oh shit, he's an android then. I suddenly started seeing Bishop from the second one. Yeah. Mm. I watched Alien first, I was about nine, I think, at Centre Parks. Parents had gone to bed, we had the sofa bed, me and my sister. Put the TV on late at night, watched Alien. <laughs> I was like nine, she was like seven. And I'm sure that never <laughs> scarred either of you in any way. We used to love horror films, we used to watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street and everything, and yeah. Didn't bother me, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the paragon of mental health, you are. <laughs> uh, Ash tries to kill Ripley by stuffing a magazine down her throat. It's an interesting... It's interesting an interesting way, isn't it? Isn't it, yeah. thought he could, he could have gone for, like, choking her, couldn't he? With yeah, because, I mean... His hand round his, round then at this throat. point, is he a malfunctioning android that... Yeah, he's just... There's an error or something and he's got... Fucking up, but well, as Bishop says, that model was a little bit twitchy. Yeah, mm. 
Parker, to be fair, I think he does a great job here. He bashes the rope, bashes Ash's head off with a fire extinguisher. I think that's After he squeezed his tit. After he squeezed his tit. And rolled around the walls. like. It's great. He just bashes his head off, though. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And they basically find out the company wants the aliens as a weapon. Yeah. And at this point, should we talk about the alien? We forgot. We should talk about the alien a little bit. The xenomorph. This is Ash, a quote from him. He says, You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? It's the perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. So basically, it's angry. Yeah. Um, xenomorph is uh, actually a Greek word. Uh, Xenos, strange, and more forms of strange form. Ooh. It's interesting because it takes on some characteristics of its host. Yes, it absorbs the DNA of the host. So when you, in Alien 3, it gets in the dog. Yeah. You get this quadruped yeah. xenomorph. Mm-hmm. But the human ones, it takes on the bipedal, mm-hmm. predominantly bipedal. It does go on all fours. Uh, AVP, it gets dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> the predmorph. Yeah. Um, Predalien. Predalien, that's it. Just to, to finish Ash's quote, I admire its purity. It's a survivor unclouded by conscious remorse or delusions of morality. It's mm. a killer, isn't it? Yeah, it's, nature, isn't it? it's survival. It's a survivor. Mm. Depending on the host in which the embryo is implanted, if you're hu- if it's the human phenotype, it's generally around seven to nine feet tall, and roughly one hundred and eighty-one to two hundred and seventy-two kilograms. It's four to six hundred fucking pounds. Wow. Uh, in weight, with a long muscular tail and large curved oblong head. Now the queen, which we don't see in this movie, yeah. they can get up to thirty feet tall. And they're, and they're clever and stronger and smarter and yeah. faster. <laughs> yeah. They get the acid blood. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, face huggers start the life cycle, implants the embryo. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is the ultimate. I mean, for God's sake, these Imagine things... Imagine having that as a biological weapon. Well, you drop that down, <laughs> drop an egg down onto a planet you don't like anymore. Yeah. Now, in the extended universe, the books, the aliens make it to Earth. Earth Hive. Earth Hive, yeah. yeah. And there's another one called Nightmare Asylum where this rogue US Marine colonel captures them and tries to basically train the Queen using fire to the point where he can stand in the egg chamber with a lighter. Well. And the Queen won't touch him because he knows it'll, even if he dies, the eggs will be burned, her mission is to look after the eggs. But he trains, he tries to, basically, really, he thinks the only way to take Earth back from the aliens is to use aliens as soldiers. So he's got, like, oh. these aliens with, like, little visors at the end. Okay, fire team two, you spread out to the left. He's trying to org- consult, he's got the Queen there as well, and he's telling the Queen to tell him to do things. In the end, the Queen just sort of fucking stabs him and fucks up. He's oh. <laughs> taking orders of you when there's no eggs around. Uh. Okay, yeah, so though numerous varieties exist, adult xenomorphs all tend to share the same common traits. A vertebrae-like body, a protective dark exoskeleton, a long flexible tail, an elongated domed head, and a toothed mouth hiding a secondary extendable probo- proboscis. proboscis-like inner maw. Proboscis, I'm not sure. Yeah. Little is known about their biology, but it is known that they eat with their inner or secondary mouths and not their outer jaws. This mouth is somewhat similar to the Jordan-Moray eel. They also bleed in unknown and extremely corrosive fluid. This substance is dull yellow in colour and often referred to as blood, although whether it's actually used in that, no one seems to know. Or it could be just a defence mechanism. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they operate in hives made of a resin they produce. We see that in the in this movie, where Dallas puts his hand in some mm. by accident. There's most commonly observed cats are drones, warriors, Praetorians and queens. A queen can become a, sorry a drone or a warrior can turn into a queen given enough time if there's no other queen around so one alien can potentially turn into a queen mm. start laying eggs and then you're in a whole world of shit it possesses in terms of its level equivalent that of a typical primate primate yeah. that, uh, that's not too bad it's, it's pretty clever mm-hmm. uh, anyway they're the fucking perfect killing machine yeah Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Now, you see, if I've got a pulse rifle, then I'm laughing. Mm. I've got a shitty flamethrower and a shock stick. I am out of here in the movie, in this movie. I am gone. See you later. Well, they're scared of fire, though, aren't they? 
Well, I guess so. I mean, all animals are scared yeah. of fire, and humans for that matter. What they decide, the surviving crew, Lambert, Ripley and Parker, is we're going to blow this ship up, get to the shuttle, get to the, we're going to activate the self-destruct mechanism, we're going to get to the shuttle, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Which they can do now, there's three members. Yep. So, she sends Parker and Lambert off to collect coolant for the oxygen system in the shuttle, presumably because they're just going to need, it's hit and miss whether they're going to get found, isn't it? They're like sort of halfway between Earth, they're hoping that the network will pick them up. There's got to be space traffic, I'm sure. There's a beacon on that ship. You know? Yeah, you'd hope so. Now, Ripley wants to get to the shuttle, start prepping it for launch with the aliens between her and the shuttle, so she has to run back. There's ten minutes to get out. She hears Parker and Lambert get killed. And I'm like, I think Parker puts up a great fight. He's trying to stab the fucker. Yeah. It's great. Doesn't stand a chance. Eh? Doesn't stand a chance. It's too strong. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's at least 181 kilograms. The, the woman's just froze, hasn't she? She's just, yeah. She's yeah. She's useless at that point. She's yeah. just gonna die. She sort of gets sexually harassed <laughs> before she gets killed. What is it with you and the sexual implications of the alien, Mike? Well, it, it, it was there. Yeah, it's <laughs> its tail it between her legs, and it, it's a bit creepy. Yeah. Well, it, the whole film's a, a film about. A, male rape and the horror of it you know something injecting eggs into you and bursting out of you that's what the whole film's about <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is this whole film is the metaphor behind this whole film is male rape well you've got other things you know man versus beast yeah. uh, horrors of the unknown things like that you different you know but yeah that's part of it isn't it yeah I guess so Ripley goes back to try and cancel the damn thing because she realises that she can't get out to the shuttle but obviously after hearing them die realises the path is now open mm -hmm. she can't reverse it anyway she doesn't do it in time she's got five minutes she doesn't make it she gets into the shuttle grabs Jonesy on the way grabs Poor Jonesy Jonesy he flung about I mean I know he wasn't in there at the time obviously but it's assumed that he is yeah and I've never known a cat go into a box so easily yeah. <laughs> a carry case you know yeah Never that easy. And she basically gets the fuck out of there. And the Nostromo is destroyed behind her. But did she get the alien? Turns out she didn't. Nope. It managed to sneak in. And I don't know if it's hiding or it's it knows what she's doing. Is it sleeping off its meal? Sleeping it? off its meal, just having it because it's tucked in between the pipes. It does I think them. it's hiding. Mm. But is it hiding? It knows she's there because she says it. And it sees her. Yeah, but it's like almost like it's it's between those pipes. And is it waiting for the? Does it know what she's doing? Is my thing. Not if it's got the intelligence of a primate. No, no, no. But I mean, by her body language, by the pheromones of fear that she's giving off. But then she goes in the spacesuit. That's true. So I'm, I think everybody just is having a kip. It's got. Do you think it's actually smart enough to have known that she was going to get? Well, it, it is because it is. It's on there, isn't it? Isn't it? It's on the ship. It's smart a, enough yeah. to know I've got to get on this ship and and get off. That's where my last prey's gone. There's a hunter. It's using its hunting instincts. Mm. So it's like, that's where my last prey's gone. And is it a case of I'm going to hide and wait for her when she's at her most vulnerable? Because I know that these things have got stuff that can they can try and hurt me with. Or is it a case of I'm sleeping after me, oh fuck it, I've eaten four dudes. <laughs> I was going here. Yeah. And it just Could happens be. to be the, the pod. I mean, she's wearing some, some very revealing space pants. There's <laughs> not much to them. And, you know, I have a bit of a crush on, on 1979, 1980 Sigourney Weaver. I think, <laughs> am I alone in that, Mike? She's okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, she's quite hot. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Claire. Claire's with me. <laughs> So she's basically kind of really stealthily, she's hiding in a, in, in a closet almost, and she stealthily kind of gets into the spacesuit, manages to get to the chair, and kind of really sort of notices her then, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe because it has an idea that she's, this is like the last gamble, this is the threat. And she starts letting off sort of steam in, yeah. in the pipes. Yes. She's twiddling with knobs, isn't she, and it's... Things are flush it out, yeah. Flushing yeah. it out. It's obviously super hot. If that is like super hot steam or some kind of coolant at the other end of the scale, it's either going to be really hot or really fucking cold. It's going to hurt it. It's going to be uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. And the way she's positioned, which is literally opposite the airlock, so as it comes to get to stand in front of her, 
boom, airlock button, it goes out. Well, it doesn't go out. It doesn't, it's holding the doors. Door, yeah. She fires like a little harpoon thing, which just must, a little harpoon gun, which must have enough force just to knock it back, break its yeah. grip, and then she, as it goes out the door, turns the engines on, blasts that son of a bitch. Bits go everywhere and it, it it's is, flying off, doesn't it? Yeah. We assume it's incinerated or, yeah. But then again, they can survive for limited times in the vacuum of space. Yeah. Not that long. The alien, I don't know how long the alien, if the alien queen did survive, but it's thought that aliens can survive in the vacuum because she kind of goes into the fetal position, doesn't she, when she gets blasted out in the second film? No, I noticed. Which might be sort of a sort of curling up to keep the body heat in. Mm, keep the cork. Ain't going to be for long. Matter of minutes, maybe 30, maybe. Maybe. I mean, it has got, what did Ash describe it as? It replaces its cells with polarised silicon. Yeah, so it can survive all sorts of... It takes it a tough son of a bit, so, yeah, it's possible for a bit, but not for that long. No. Yeah. I think in the extended universe they said 30 minutes. That's probably about right, yeah. So it's still a danger if you're on the outside of the ship and you've blasted one out and you mm-hmm. have to go out and look for it, the chances are it's still going to be floating around somewhere. Yeah. Ripley sort of just makes her final report. She says that everyone's dead. She's the sole survivor of the Nostromo. Well, not the only survivor because Jones is still there. Everyone's dead, Dave. Everyone's dead, Dave. <laughs> Dave, everyone's dead. Everyone's dead, Dave. <laughs> and she enters hypersleep. Yeah. Spent the next 57 years. Sweet dreams. <laughs> in a hope to be picked up. I wonder if you dream in hyperstasis because don't it was... They do. Don't they? I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they do, she's having some pretty bad nightmares. Yeah. yeah. I also want to fifty-seven years worth. Fifty-seven years worth of nightmares. The cool thing is, when the at the very start of Aliens, when the salvage team finds her, the harpoon gun is exactly in the same position by the door. Ah. It's a little little continuality thing. It was there, propped up on the floor against the by the door as they, as they come into the airlock. And what does everyone think? I love this movie. Yeah, it's, great, it? it's it's not my favourite, it's my second favourite out of the, yeah. the saga. Aliens is more my thing because it's a bit more action-y and the Macomi Marines are cool as fuck. Yeah. So it's, 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 I like that movie. But this one, I think if I'm being critical, I think that the alien looks dated now. A I little can, bit. I can tell it's a man in a suit. Well, and all the, the switches and knobs mm. and yeah, the fact but, that Mother doesn't actually talk. Like, you know, like the I, other films. And but I kind of, I can forgive that in a way because that's, when they made the film, is, that, yeah, that yeah. was what they were envisioning the future was and they were yeah. using their own, like, oh, okay, we've got these tape things. Mother sounds like she's ran on tapes as well as a bit of digital. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, yeah. let's just like put loads of lights around her and you got to go into that little room. It's almost like where Professor X goes to start tracking <laughs> down mutants, isn't it? Cerebro. Yeah. No, I like it. I really do like this movie. I think it's a classic. And I think, I'm going to be slightly controversial, this is how you write a strong female character in a movie. There's a lot of stuff in films now where they really push females as heroes. Like the Avengers Endgame is my best example. They do this line shot of all the female heroes in the middle of a fucking battle. Mm. But they all somehow manage to get together and it lines them up. And it's like... Cringe... It is, it's cringe. It's like you're pushing that agenda on me. You're pushing this woke agenda on me. But this is how you write a strong female character. You write it as a man? No, because... <laughs> Originally it was. I, no, they're all unisex, weren't they? But they did envision Ripley's woman. But Sigourney Weaver plays it well. She plays it as a strong woman. Yeah, it's great. Great performance. But it wasn't originally meant to be for a woman. No, but there was, there's always improv and things get rewritten, isn't it? And yeah. I can't imagine a dude doing it, eh? Nah, it would be mad. God, imagine if they did remake Alien and put Ripley as a man. Oh, imagine the outcry. Hmm. You know, imagine they'd have to put all the crew as women. It'd be like the Ghostbusters reboot. (laughs) They wouldn't be able to make a film like this nowadays because there's like twenty minutes where nothing happens. It's just sort of like getting a feel for the world, and I love it. I like that in a movie because it draws me into the to the world. Yeah. I like the sort of um, the soundtrack as well. Mm. It, it's the score's good, yeah. Yeah. The creepy music. Yeah, the creepy music. It, it that draws you in as well. Yeah. It? 
And there's quite a, a, a lot of use of heartbeat. Have you, yeah. Did you hear that throughout the mm, film? Yes. It's, there's always like that. You were like. I can't do the noise, but it's like a, almost like a, a clicking noise the alien makes. Mm. Right. And you hear that, and that sort of coincides with the heartbeat. As soon as she hears that, the yeah. her heartbeat rises then, and you're like, can the alien hear that? No, I just think it, it's trying to put you in the film. It, yeah. I, I think it, it, it's portraying the person, because there's a lot of first-person camera work, isn't there, as well? Yeah, there as is. they're running through, so... You know, that's when the heartbeat sort of kicks in and it's sort of putting you in, in, in their shoes, isn't it? And with a budget of only $11 million, this film was made pretty cheap. Mm. To be fair, I mean, $11 million in 1979, all right, that's still probably a fair chunk of change today. But when you think that Star Wars had a budget of, what, $70 million? Something like that? The original? Yeah. Did it? And I think it had quite a decent budget. Mm. It, had, it had more than 11 anyway. Yeah. And there's only one scene in this, or I actually noticed it, like because they use a lot of pictures, didn't they, and and paintings as as the sort of scenes. And that's only, yeah. There's only one that I sort of noticed. Yeah. The other ones are that sort of seamless. It's really well directed. The characters are great. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So Ridley there. Scott had only directed commercials on British TV. Really? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well. And then he went on to do some great films. Yeah. Was he on Aliens as well? It's James no. Cameron directed, but I don't know if Ridley Scott was producer. No. Obviously he went to do Gladiator. That was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Completely different though, obviously, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Did he do Kingdom of Heaven as well? Don't talk to me about Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> that was shit, mate. <laughs> don't talk to me about Orlando Bloom. <laughs> I will never review a movie with Orlando Bloom in it. Let's just get that mm. out of the way. You're making your own notes for that one, guys. Mm. No, Lord of the Rings would be a good one. I can't, so I can't watch him. <laughs> I can ju- I can go through Lord of the Rings, right? I can. He does a good elf, I suppose. Yeah, because he? he does very little. <laughs> yeah, he's only in and out of it, isn't he? Yeah, he just, but he just stands there and he shoots a bow. Mm. And that and he kills. That is about it. Even the back and forth of the dwarf seems forced. Can't act. Mm. All right, let's give you some, uh, some facts about the movie. Oh, the ship's name, the Stramo, comes from a uh, 1904 novel by Joseph Conrad which follows an Italian explorer south to South America to plunder a silver mine. And of course the, the shuttle is called the Narcissus and that is another comrade novel. Uh-huh. Cast members regularly passing out on set. Uh, spacesuits, even fake ones, tend to get hot, especially when they don't let any air out. Add in set lighting and a summertime production schedule and you have some sweltering conditions. Veronica Cartwright, who played Lambert, uh, revealed in The Beast Within, must be a book about the wrote about that, that the uh, actors are fainting so regularly that a nurse was on, kept on standby with oxygen tanks. Okay, <laughs> the costumes were actually updated until kids got involved. Uh, for a few perspective Scott shots, Scott put his two sons in spacesuits and they also passed out. Huh. This led to them uh, modifying the costumes. <laughs> Alright, now we'll put a fan in them. Um, <laughs> Uh, the egg mm. required hydraulics, hand shadows, and cow tripe. Oof. <laughs> it's good though, isn't it? The way it, it is. is. Yeah. It was actually just uh, Ridley Scott flicking his gloved hands under the moving light. Uh-huh. And the egg uh, also came outfitted with steel hydraulics along the top. And when it's opened up, those are cow intestines. Mm. Lovely. And uh, Roger Daltrey uh, helped with the lighting from the hood. <laughs> when the Nostromo crew disturbs a facehugger, there's a beam of blue light which indicates early trouble, and you have the Who to thank for that. Lead singer Roger Daltrey was experimenting with lasers right next to the studio where Alien was shooting, and he graciously lent his equipment out to Scott. Never! <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's trying to explain how all that's a, that's a special light, you know. Yes, you know, laser over the top of the yeah. eggs and that, and it was just a last minute sort of. It's like, hey, just chucked it in. Roger, can we borrow your lighting? <laughs> and why is Roger Dolce experimenting with lasers? Uh-huh. Is he a fucking supervillain or something? Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe he shows concerts. <laughs> yeah, but why him? Why not the tech guys? Maybe he's into it. No, maybe. <laughs> laser guy. Just a little bit more on the on, on the chest bursting thing. He didn't have any idea what kind of gore was in was in store for them and the reaction to, to the burst is completely original only her only John Hurt knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. 
Um, according to the Guardian, Yafet Koto, who played Parker, shut himself in his room right after the scene and wouldn't talk to anybody. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the reaction of Lambert's the best, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god. Sprays up her face. And the chestburster was inspired by Dan O'Bannon's medical problems. No, he's never birthed an alien. Mm. <laughs> But um, he, he suffered from Crohn's disease, or I presume he's still, if he hasn't passed away, I'm presuming he's still suffering from Crohn's disease. Uh, oh no, they think they can cure it, but you have to have a bag. Uh, it's, not, it's a very unpleasant disease, Crohn's. Yeah. Yeah. He likened his digestion process to something bubbling inside, struggling to get out. Mm-hmm. The weird goo that seems to have uh, Ash the android's head when he's decapitated, uh, they made that from a combination of milk, caviar pasta, and glass marbles. It was especially unfortunate for the actor who hated milk. Uh-huh. Shitter. Uh, so we, we watched the theatrical cut. Yeah. There is a director's cut, and it uh, does offer... So this actually, uh, we've been saying about, uh, about, oh, what happened, we never saw the meat. It turns out that they have uh, they were cocooned. Uh-huh. In an extended cut, they've been wrapped in an alien cocoon. Only Dallas can uh, make her the words. Oh, I've seen that one, yeah. She torches yeah. it. Yeah, I have, I have seen that version. But obviously, as uh, it, it, everyone involved felt the scene dragged down Ripley's escape, and I suppose she only has got, like, five minutes at this point, and she barely makes it anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah, probably should have been kept in, though. It's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, I mean, it would have set it up nicely for the second one, yeah. wouldn't it? I guess the we find that out in the second one anyway. So. I guess you do. Mm, yeah, great film. Great film, I like it. Uh, Spawn Aliens, which was even better, so. Yeah. Without this one, we wouldn't have had that one. <laughs> yeah, it's classic, isn't it? That's true, and I like how they changed up the tempo in a way. They went from this slow burner sci fi horror slash thriller to all out an alien war movie, basically. Alright, let's end the show on some fucked up facts. Theme tune? Facts, 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 Spam email. Fucking hate that fucking danger. Spam email, guys. Where do you think spam email got its name from? The delicious tasty meat? Yep. Which cultural reference? No one liked it. I like spam. I like spam, so right. Spam fritters are great. What cultural reference? Ah, go on that. I don't know what to Monty say. Monty Python. Ah, spam a lot. Spam, 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 spam. Yeah. Because shouting spam drains out all of the conversation. Hmm. Mm. I must remember that. Mm. What were your fucked up facts? You had a couple. Oh, I had one. I don't remember one at the moment. Um, did you know that 95% of us pick our nose mm-hmm. and 72% of us eat it? Oh. Yeah. Nah, I'm a roller and flicker. Well, yeah, that's you. But 72% apparently uh, eat it. Now, there is some thought on this that it's actually good for you. Right. Because the mucus in your nose traps viruses, microbes, yeah. something like that. So by eating it, you're actually exposing your body to it, a very small amount of it, and building up your immune system. Oh, right, okay. And then some people say that's utterly bollocks and it's disgusting. The interesting thing is it's um, technically micro-cannibalism. Mm, you're yeah. eating part of yourself. Yeah. Like nail biters. Yeah, I'm it? a nail biter. Yeah, me too. Nibble and eat it. Mm. And the skin biters around the thumb. Your cat eats my toenails. Oh, for God's sake, that is grim. You're trimming your toenails and they flick over the room. Yeah. You're chasing down and eat and then you can hear them crunching them. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the most fucked up fact I've heard today so far. <laughs> Yeah, all right, and yeah, that was my that was my fucked up fact I'm bringing to the table. If you eat your your snot, you are in fact a cannibal. Mm. Speaking of eating, termites eat wood. Yeah. Faster when listening to heavy metal. Who doesn't do everything fast to listen to heavy metal? Chop 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 You know, you drive faster. I'd imagine if you listen to speed metal, you're probably going to drive a lot faster. Hmm. Interesting about animals. So when you played it in that by that comparison, if you played like Beethoven's Fourth, they'd eat in quite an elaborate way. In yeah. patterns. In patterns, yeah. I've fallen for this next next fact. Go on. For several months in 1967, American underground press actively spread a belief that it was possible to get high by smoking banana peel. Oh. Oh man. 
Well, I heard it was the inside of the banana peel. The white, the white stuff. Yeah. Oh fuck! I remember you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work, did it? No. <laughs> Didn't someone we know smoke coffee? Yeah. That was after the banana didn't work, you tried coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's really unlikely to work. In fact, it probably gave him heart problems. <laughs> probably gave him a massive caffeine here. Mm, maybe. There was a museum in Australia entirely dedicated to animal droppings. Who uh, the fuck's going there? <laughs> Fossilised animal droppings and all sorts, wasn't it? Some kangaroo shit, here's some koala bear shit. Anyone know what it's what it's called? The museum of shit. No, it's one word. Oh. Shittium. Play on the word museum. Shittium. No, oh. close. Feciesium. No, close. No. Pusium. Hmm. Pusium. I thought being Australian, it might have gone a bit more extreme, but yeah, pusium. I was thinking too good to be poo. Oh, brilliant! I bet it's some dodgy little shack on some lonely road in the outback. <laughs> Probably gets about 12 visitors a year, run by some eccentric old man. You don't plan to get into the museum, no? Not really, no. No. In 1960, the RAF parachuted cats into Borneo to deal with a rat army. <laughs> did the rat? Did the cats have a choice? Were they conscripted? Did they take the king's shilling? Queen's shilling at the time, <laughs> sorry? I mean, did they have little uniforms on? I need to know more now. He took the queen's... the king's kipper. <laughs> <laughs> the queen's... I mean, it was... Queen's Kip at the time, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would have been the 60s, the Borneo conflict. So, yeah. Wow, the Queen's Kipper. I hope there's like a Sergeant Paws, Captain Whiskers. Hmm. Ah. Look adorable in that lot of uniforms, too, wouldn't they? They could have commit rat genocide. Yeah, but it could have given the soldiers the plague. Yeah. Yeah. You know they're in the jungle, living in really unsanitary conditions. But, you know, I'm go, I'm with, I'm, I'm okay with cute, it. They're not cute, are they? Because they're going to be tearing up fucking rats. Well, they would have been cute when they came for a fuss after. <laughs> with a pile of rats. Yeah. Look at our Exactly. <laughs> in 2008 study, researchers at Bath Spa University asked volunteers to rank the intelligence of people with various accents. Okay. All right. Who do you think? Was rated the highest, and who do you think was rated the lowest? I'm going to guess Brummies are the lowest. Correct. Really? I was going to guess Scouts. People really don't like the Brummie accent. The Brummie accent was rated lower than staying silent. I wonder if that's changed her Peaky Blinders become a world hit. Ah, uh, maybe. Um, the highest either received pronunciation, the BBC accent. No. Uh, London? North. Up north. Scotland? No. Newcastle. South. Yorkshire. Yeah. Yorkshire? Breeding whippets. Bloody Yorkshire. Most intelligent. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. No. So I knew Brummie would be bottom because everybody hates the Brummie accent. Or they did. It probably explains a lot why we're not that famous now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because to people outside our area, we've got Brummie accents. Yeah. I found that out when I went to Liverpool. I found that out at many a festival. Where are you from, Birmingham? Fucking no. <laughs> this is interesting. Raindrops are about the same size on all planets, regardless of if they're made of water, methane, or liquid iron. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. There is a planet called Wasp 76b that does rain liquid iron. So, some sort of hat would be in order. <laughs> Yeah, titanium hat. <laughs> That's weird though. I find it really hard to imagine some of these, like, you know, what it, you say it's raining iron. I just, yeah. I don't know, I just, it's really hard to. That hot. It's just raining iron yeah. and it, it, it's re dissolving and then going up yeah. into some more iron clouds. Yeah. And then you got like, doesn't it, Venus, it rain methane? Liquid methane? Sulfuric acid. Oh, fuck, makes it even worse. Yeah. You're getting dripped alien blood on you all the time. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? But then there's planets out there that are like either covered in ice or they're. So one planet they found they reckon is is just sprouting diamonds everywhere. It's worth. They're going to be worth hundreds of trillions if they can ever get up there to get it. 
That's what we're going to have to do, though, eventually. What about the Wayland Corporation is going to be formed? In a way, Alien is is basically what the future is going to be because the corporations will take over space travel because it's not the governments aren't interested. It costs too much money to get it up and going. Tesla. Tesla. There you go. Um, Elon Musk. You know he's, he wants to get into space. Don't he? he wants to go to Mars? Why? So Mars is just a stopping I imagine, point. I should imagine he's watched Alien. No, I'd have thought so. It's the future he wants, Claire. <laughs> he's an evil genius but no it's, it's it, everything will be done by the corporations and it'll be the mining rights things like that because there's going to be so many there's asteroids which have just made of iron ore you get a crew on there you start mining that you bring it back to earth because the earth's going to run out of resources one day it's running out as it is so it's going to run out completely soon not soon but you know a few hundred years maybe yeah so what are you going to do? you got to go into space, start getting the stuff from there. Yep. Aliens coming true. Alien future, man. According to ancient Greek myth, when the goddess Demeter, is that how you it? I think uh, so. Was depressed, an old woman named Bobo cheered her up by flashing her genitals. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Does not surprise you with the Greeks. They would have, the ancient Greeks would have sex with anything. Kind of admire it in a way. That's what happens if you're all strutting around in togas constantly. You're going to get the horn. The first official vegetarian society in Russia was co-founded in 1901 by a man called Berger. Ha! <laughs> Dave Berger? Possibly. Probably Boris. Boris Berger. <laughs> if, he'd just, if he'd have gone into a different business, you might have had communism. And McBoris. Just think it would have worked. You get a McDonald's into a country, it's not going to fight you anymore. In an experiment conducted in Moscow, people had to answer questions about politics and have a drink every 12 minutes. The study ran for one and a half hours and uh, has shown that the more people drank, the more they began to support the government. <laughs> That's why alcohol's fucking legal and weed isn't. Yeah, but with weed, you'd be like, oh, this government sucks. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck it, I'll have a joint and sit here. <laughs> You're going to get up and start a revolution, are you? No, but at least you'd be talking about it. Yeah, true. It was like explaining my dad then, because he doesn't drink and he still supports the government. <laughs> Although he did say, actually, my dad, the arch-conservative, Tory voter, yeah. did say that since they've taken the uh, triple-lock pension away this week, for the old people that he thinks Boris has lost the next election. Mm-hmm. Still gets his vote though. Yeah. He's still going to vote. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, more than likely. I don't, I, can't, I don't think he's ever voted Labour in his life, so probably not. Even his, his son as a Labour councillor. I know. I said, you're going to vote for me one day. He's like, no. I'm not voting for Labour. I was like, fucking cheers. It's terrible. Brainwashed. Absolutely. One of the US's largest stockpiles of nuclear weapons is guarded by trained military dolphins. <laughs> oh, oh, why the fuck not? <laughs> that was my impression. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get the revenge on us. Yeah, what if the dolphins go rogue? Yeah. They use dolphins for a lot, though. They're pretty smart, aren't they? Yeah, they're as smart as we are. So if they ever well, do get. They're smart, are they? They're, they're fairly smart. They're not far off us, uh, intelligence wise. So they're underwater, they're not... Uh... Well, it's how we evaluate intelligence. Well, it's well. IQ, yeah. Well, if you're talking about IQ, they're not that far off a human. Mm. So we've stashed our, uh, our nuclear weapons underwater. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have thought so. Underwater seems a bit risky, doesn't it? But maybe there's like a... Um, it's it's on the coast and the, the, way, the approach to it is guarded by these trained dolphins, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, they're, so they're in the sea and they're guarding the sea. They're in a tank around the nuclear... If they were in a tank, that would be fucking sweet. Maybe there's... I'll tell you what, maybe there's weapons are underwater in the facility in a tank and they've just got dolphins swimming around them. With laser beams. That would make sense, little laser packs strapped to their backs. You know the dolphin who uh, played Flipper actually committed suicide? Oh. Actually, yeah, he uh, swam into his trainer's arms and closed his blowhole. I don't know how true that is. That's what I read somewhere, man. It is depressing, though, isn't it? Yup. It is. They shouldn't be in captivity at all. Let them go free, man. I like a dolphin. He just closed his blowhole. Yeah, committed suicide. Swam into his trainer's arms, closed his blowhole. 
couldn't take the indignity any longer. I don't know how true it is. I've read it a couple of times from different sources, so I'll try and see if I can find it out properly, and we'll, we'll, I'll put it in the next anthology of The Strange. <laughs> Get the full story. From 1986 to 2007, all cosmonauts were equipped with triple-barreled pistol. Nice. Can anyone think why? In case someone went mad in space. I don't know. Kill themselves? No. <laughs> well, else you need a pistol, you're the guardians, you're either protecting yourself or you like, end it, aren't you? It's in case they encountered bears upon London. Oh, when they crashed back yeah. down. Oh, I get it. Okay. I like that. That's that's cool. Some of them had to come like land over Russia. Yeah, they could have gone off course slightly. They could have come down in the wilderness, and yeah. before you know it, there's a fucking bear attacking you. <laughs> Triple barreled as well. Yeah. That's impressive. I still wouldn't want that on board. Nah, because if someone does go crazy, then you've all got one. Be a right Mexican standoff, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> put the pistol down. Put the pistol down, Ivan. <laughs> Shut up, I, space cowboy! I want to go home! Ah, no, we can't fucking go home, you twat, we're stuck on me! <laughs> the vodka runs out and that's it. Yep. Is that the end that's of Book it, of Facts? Yeah. Right, well, thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Facebook, please. Uh, cut into the ball in the PTA. We're the same on SoundCloud and Spotify. YouTube, we are Apocalypse Ball. Follow us on there. I think. That's everything we're available in most places you can find a podcast. Just have a search for us. Uh, give us a listen and some likes and maybe leave a review if you're kind enough. A good review, though. I don't take criticism well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour aid and don't join the call. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it's still like your ears, guys. I'd still be on that fucking shore as soon as... Uh. <laughs> <laughs>